So back in March, Darren Dow left a comment in one of the audio recordings uh, to see if I could write an original story for you guys here on Patreon. And I said yes. And, um, I mean, it is a bit of a month after that. Uh, I was hoping to get to it sooner, but, you know, things happen. So uh, here it is anyway. Uh, let me just go over some comments. Uh, Nord Raven uh, says, I always liked your originals, so I'm looking very much for forward to that. So here you go, Nord Raven. Uh, Valent Warrior said he checked out the Amazon list. Uh, he didn't expect to see a pig fetus. Lots of cool, unique horror fan stuff. Uh, says he's going to snag a couple of the horror coloring books when he gets paid. And yes, I still get commission for Audible books. So thank you very much, Valent. And thank you very much to uh, the other people that had clicked that link and just did, you know, some daily shopping through it. Uh, it's a great way to help me without actually financially giving to me because I do earn a tiny bit of income from whatever you guys purchase. So on to the story, and uh, I hope it lives up to your expectations. It was a rather fun one to write. As a good old boy fisherman, my grandfather used to visit the river with his boat every Sunday. He had been fishing since he was five years old. And he was taught by his dad, and his dad was taught by his grandpappy, and his grandpappy's father, and so on. See, my grandfather only had my mom left in his family, but she was very reluctant to go fishing. And that's why when mom and dad had me, my grandfather was very happy to have a potential fishing partner whom he could teach how to fish. But these plans changed somewhere along the line, and he never fished again. All of this happened after what seemed to be a very regular and calm summer afternoon at Emory River. And just like every other Sunday, as soon as he came home from church, Grandfather hurried up to collect all of his things, including his boat, so that he could go fishing. At this point, this routine was normal as he had been going to the same spot for over five years now. And as soon as he got changed, he grabbed his packed lunch and all of his things, and he left the house. He drove to Emory River, his favorite place to spend a sunny day. However, knowing Tennessee and the river very well, he knew where to go. He knew which spot was the best. It was a spot furthest from all the families and tourists. So he drove to what, in his mind, was the lucky spot for the day. A more secluded space, known by a few as Webster Pike Bend. He had been going to this almost every Sunday for the last ten years or so. When he arrived at the area where he normally left his car, he found something a bit strange. There were two black vans and a small truck. He thought it was random as the area was normally lonely and such fancy vehicles like the two vans were not usually seen so deep into the woods. Great, more stuck-up tourists, Grandfather thought to himself as he tried to park as far from the vehicles as possible. But as he was approaching Emory River to check if there were people around, he noticed yet another unusual thing. There were four men in fancy black suits, talking to a couple of local boys. 
My grandfather didn't know who the locals were by name, but it was obvious they were typical fishermen from the area, as they did have a southern accent, and fishing shirts with the vented back flaps. The poles in their hands gave it away too. Being a nosy guy all of his life, he decided to hide behind a tree and some bushes while he spied from far away. What was happening as the worried look in the fishermen's faces made him wonder if they were in trouble. Well, he couldn't hear what any of them were saying as he was far from them, but it seemed as if the men in suits were listening to an explanation from the fishermen. The fishermen were doing lots of hand gestures as they spoke, while the men in suits tried to pay attention, and some of them even looked surprised. When they finished the conversation, fishermen left, and they were given something that looked like a business card. Now the men in suits stayed in the area and began to walk around. This worried my granddad, so he decided to quickly move away before he was seen. He hurried to try and get back to his car without being seen by anybody. His first guess was that maybe the men were doing some kind of dodgy business, or maybe even some more regular stuff like some random businessmen talking to locals about the area in order to purchase it and convert it into yet another resort. Whatever, it was grandfather thought the wisest choice to call it a day. Although he was annoyed his day was disrupted, he was relieved that nothing had happened and that he wasn't seen. When he came back home, he didn't tell my mom anything about the mysterious men. He didn't want to worry her. Now, my grandfather worked as a mechanic, and due to living in a rural area, he normally had to drive back and forth to town. He tried to pay special attention to see if he saw the men or anything else that would seem dodgy around the area but no signs of anything out of the ordinary. No random fancy vans or anything like that. At the end of the day, it was probably just a one-time thing. More so, he thought. The following Sunday, my grandfather headed towards Emery Creek once again. However, this time he made sure to arrive earlier than last time, so he skipped church and decided to go fishing in the early hours of the morning. Things seemed good from the moments he first arrived. Nothing out of the ordinary was there. There were no other cars or anything. Just one truck from someone else that fishes in the area from time to time. And he was relieved when he saw things seem normal. So this time, without hesitation, he grabbed everything in his truck and headed toward the lake. Grandfather saw a man in the distance and he greeted him. He then put his boat into the lake and rowed to the other fisherman, which he knew to be Philip. Hey, were you here last weekend? Grandfather asked him. No, well, I went all the way down to Marietta to visit my oldest daughter for the weekend. What about you? Philip answered. Well, yeah, I did. You see, I saw some random people about some fancy guys speaking to a couple of locals. No idea about what, though. Looked very strange, but nothing really happened. Ruined my day, though, my grandfather explained. Well, you all know who the locals were? Philip asked. Not really. Well, I'm sure I've seen them somewhere, but <laughs> I have no idea. I'm just curious what it could have been, my grandfather said. I mean, I can ask around, I'll ask my friends. Maybe someone knows about it. 
Philip said. My grandfather then rolled off as to not disturb Philip's fishing spot. And being alone again wasn't a problem for him. In fact, he loved to fish on his own. Emory Creek wasn't a popular place whatsoever. It was always a bit desolate, with the exception of my granddad, Philip, and sometimes another random person. But Grandfather was the only one who went there every single weekend, so it was good for him to feel like it was just the river and him. He also enjoyed the fact that it was still early, still fairly dark out, so he could feel more at peace. At about 7.30 in the morning, he saw a strange round object with what he thinks is a pole attached to it, coming up from out of the water. Feeling curious, he decided to row near the object, but it was more difficult than he expected as the water suddenly turned turbulent. In a matter of seconds, the thing unexpectedly went underwater. He tried to look everywhere, but there were no signs of it. He even got up and walked around the boat, trying to look to see if the object would reappear on the opposite side. But nothing. Grandfather had never seen the water in a lake turning and churning this way either. And then, all of a sudden, there were waves around his boat, making it rock more than usual. The boat wasn't being rocked in a dangerous way, but it was still such a weird phenomenon. But yet my curious grandfather felt so intrigued and decided not to move from there. He sat down and waited patiently for a few minutes until he finally saw the round figure only a few feet from his boat. This time he could see it better as the water had calmed. The thing looked silver and a bit pudgy. Intrigued, he thought maybe it was a huge fish, so he tried to catch it by casting his fishing line at it. And as soon as he did this, well, the damn thing quickly disappeared again by going completely underwater. Well, Grandpa's was fascinated and he stood still, paying attention to the next move of the creature. But unfortunately, in the blink of an eye, the sly creature popped up from behind his boat and jumped up directly at him, biting part of his hand off before jumping back into the water. It was all so fast he barely got to see the creature. The only thing that he noticed of the thing was the shape of the fish was way bigger than he'd ever seen before. Grandfather looked at his hand and saw how much he was bleeding. Now, being a quick thinker, he quickly grabbed a towel from his backpack and wrapped it around his hand. He used the fishing line around his wrist as a tourniquet to try to stop the bleeding. Now with no one around and still being in the middle of the river, he knew he had to do something quickly before he passed out from blood loss. He grabbed the oars and started rowing to the land. And then, the creature jumped at him again, but fortunately this time, the thing missed and landed in the damn boat. Being huge wasn't the only alarming thing about the creature. He had extremely sharp teeth that were still covered in my grandfather's blood. The creature had only one long eyeball that looks more like the eye of a human than a fish, and it even blinked occasionally. My grandfather proceeded to grab a fillet knife from his backpack, and without hesitation, he started stabbing the thing to death. He had killed the creature, 
thing began to bleed out a thick black substance. He feels disgusted and he tries not to vomit, or so he told me. But my grandfather gets closer to the creature and notices it's in fact dead, as his long eye had long stopped blinking. He then tried to row back to the dock with all of his strength, and oddly enough, by the time he already got there, the thing was nothing but a puddle of unidentifiable stinky mess. He got closer to the puddle when he noticed the black substance seemed to be burning part of his boat. He was shocked to see such a thing. He told me that he smelled sulfur. Now he got out of his boat and quickly headed towards his car. He was a hooting and a hollering for help, but well, there ain't one nobody there to help him. And once he got in the car, he drove like mad until he finally made it to a fishing area with some people in it. He then got out of his car and he screamed for help. Once a few people ran over to him, he immediately fainted and passed out onto the ground. Fortunately for my grandfather, people were very proactive and they wasted no time driving him to the nearest clinic where he received some medical care. He woke up and was asked questions. He was honest explaining that a big fish had jumped onto his boat, bit his hand. I don't believe anybody believed him though. And he told him about the attack, but he said he couldn't see the full fish. He had claimed the fish had jumped back into the lake, but that was a damn lie. The doctors did what they could with his hand, but it was far worse than my grandfather imagined. The creature bit half his hand off. Hell, only the pinky finger remained. But you see, the bones in his hands had been crushed and slashed up and shredded something fierce. And unfortunately, well, they had to amputate it. Now, after this happened, some fishermen and police tried looking for the fish, but they weren't successful at it. When the police asked my grandfather about the black goo in the boat, he said he didn't know what could be. Probably some sort of a tree sap, he explained to him. Upon testing, they said it was highly acidic, which silently confirmed to my grandfather fish must have been some sort of mutated creature, but he won't tell nobody about that. Now Emory Creek was closed for a while because they thought it was the best thing they could do to protect people from getting injured. Now a few months later we were in a restaurant. Someone came towards my granddad. My grandfather saw him and looked very surprised. The man introduced himself as Mark, asked if they could speak. I was told to stay in the restaurant as he went outside to talk to the man. I looked at him through the window and the conversation seemed to be about something serious because both of them looked worried. I then noticed the man giving my grandfather a business card. After they finished speaking, I asked him what happened and surprisingly on the way home, he told me the truth about what happened when he lost his hand. Hence this story. I was 14 at the time and very mature, so I understood, but most importantly, I didn't doubt him. I knew how strong and fearless he was and how he couldn't lie about such a thing. If he said what happened, well, I fully believed him, and by how worried he was when he told me, well, I pretty much believed it to be the truth. 
Well, he said that the reason why the other fishermen were talking to him and the other men in suits was because they had seen a creature, but avoided being hurt. Fishermen called the police and then the police sent the black-suited men to speak to them. And in turn, a few months later, this man shows up to the restaurant to talk to my grandfather. Now, Emory Creek was closed for over five years, but then the area was opened again. It still remained desolate even more than before as people were into their phones more than outdoor activities. But around two years ago, this is about 12 years after grandfather's accident, a businessman built a canoe adventure business on the creek, and more and more people started showing up and took interest in the creek and outdoor activities again. Hell, there was even a Dollar General across the road. There was an Exxon right next to it. And somebody built a shoddy Italian restaurant in the same area. My grandfather never really shared his story with anybody else. But that one man at the restaurant in Maine. He strongly believes that it was an accident with a garfish. And that it wouldn't happen again. That perhaps he mistook the identity of the fish but I'm unsure about that and I'm pretty sure the men in suits might agree with me too that's it thank you guys for listening and supporting me for another month I'm hopefully going to get another story out for you guys before the weekends it won't be one of my own but it'll be another one regardless anyway see you on discord